The Ben Shapiro interview. Now, a few uh, things. Ben Shapiro. You yeah, Ben Shapiro. Uh, all right, a few things that I want to uh, talk about. So first of all, um, Andrew Neil, for those that don't know, uh, some of you might not watch it even if you're from the UK. Uh, Andrew Neil is the host of, it's literally called The Politics Show on, on uh, BBC. It used to be on BBC Two. I've lived in America for a fucking few years now, so I, I don't even know if it's changed channel. Um, but uh, Andrew Neil is without a doubt one of the most sort of because he, he he just comes across as a wonderfully jaded crumpled man a man who has ex been exposed to so much bullshit during his time as a political reporter as a tv host that he just like just, i mean you can just look at his face now even in this still and you should understand immediately what he's about and what he does what his position always is is to ask just the difficult questions you know not like Paxman. Paxman is very aggressive and in your face. What Andrew Neil does, he just goes, but you said this, so surely it then follows that the thing that you're saying now contradicts that. It contradicts it, doesn't it? And then, you know, whoever he's talking to will go, well, I don't see that as a contradiction. He'll go, oh, but come on, it, it's a very clear contradiction. Why can you not admit that? And then, you know, that's his, like, line of questioning, right? Like, he gets your bullshit, calls you out on your bullshit, and then when you fucking double down on your bullshit, he just sits there and goes, politics is fucking wretched. Yeah, you can see it in his face. I love Andrew Neil. I, I can think of no better, you know, I mean, there's the two Andrews that the BBC have got, Andrew Neil and Andrew Marr. Uh, Andrew Marr, um, I know, came in for some criticism, and then I think he had a stroke and recovered from it. I'm super happy for him. Out of the BBC, guys, like, th for me, they're the two guys that when they cover politics, uh, they don't really grandstand. Andrew Marr has his moments. Andrew Neil is brilliant. He's just a crumpled, old, I, I even want to say Scottish dude who just doesn't give a fuck, right? And so when you talk to this guy, you're not getting Paxman. This isn't Frost Nixon. This isn't a meeting of minds. It's just a guy who's just seen too much. And he will just hold a mirror up to you. So you have to be good at holding up another mirror to that mirror to deflect the bullshit beams. Now, this should be a cakewalk for Ben Shapiro. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of things going on here in this video contextually. Which is why it's such a nightmare. Particularly for Ben. Also, he lied <laughs> also he lied in the video uh which for, for mr facts and logic to tell a lie very bad but, but there's lots of things going on first of all andrew neil doesn't give a fuck who ben shapiro is he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't know who he is uh, on, B, on british shores ben shapiro just isn't really relevant to the political discussion this was actually almost like a courtesy having him on the show this was broadening the horizons certainly broadening the bbc's horizons ben shapiro doesn't fucking matter at all um and, and ben shapiro do your homework right because i've seen other you know m solid minds you know people you would think are very intelligent fall into this trap well i'm american and i'm used to being interviewed by fox news so fox news does this and fox news does that and i'm also used to the cnn interviewer and i know all about them so i go on i'm interviewed by cnn i know what it's like he didn't even know who andrew neil was or what his style was they did no prep at all it's very clear early on from the interview um and and you, again 
you could have had all you could have known exactly where it was going to go if you had simply just looked up your man it's like preparing for a boxing match without ever watching a video of the guy you're going to fight you wouldn't do it and equally you should never go into a political interview without knowing what the interviewer is going to fucking say so ben shapiro was so overconfident and he's like again because I, th I think ben has fallen to a point where he absolutely believes his own bullshit now in the aftermath of breitbart where he seemed to walk away relatively unscathed which is insane to me because first of all i get tarred with the breitbart brush all the time i spent six months there i wasn't their editor at large and the guy who went on all the fucking media outlets to plug them second of all you left you you you, you left in a situation that was proven to be a lie backing a journalist that lied which was meant to be the whole thing that breitbart wasn't meant to be doing and how they marketed themselves and and somehow you've just risen teflon just fucking smoothed his way out of that so anyway 16 minutes I'll, I'll intermittently pause this but this interview is fucking insanely bad uh from a guy who's meant to be so intelligent an intellectual titan um and and andrew neil i think is brilliant i've always liked andrew neil and always respected him and i've seen him chew up conservatives i've seen him chew up liberals i've seen him chew up labor i've seen him chew up hard social he doesn't give a fuck because he knows once you say i'm about politics you're basically saying i am about bias and lies <laughs> like so here he goes you're followed by millions of people online and on social media you're one of the biggest names in American conservatism. What is it you think you're tapping into? Well, I think that there are soft questions. One, there is actually a hunger for. Very nice of Andrew Neil, by the way. Because again, remember, if this was Paxman, Paxman doesn't start an interview like this. Andrew Neil has literally given him a layup. And and um, the reason you do this when you do this type of interview is um, you should never, ever, ever like you know. You do a very brief in, uh, introduction when you're doing TV interviews like this. You go, I'm a Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro works for this outlet, blah, 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 blah. And Ben Shapiro does this, and this is why we're having this conversation. You do a very brief, and you muddle through. And what he's done there is he's given him a wonderful layup, a wonderful start. You're followed by millions. Your opinion is respected by millions. Uh, why do you think that is? What are people tapping into? So what he's done here is given Ben Shapiro a perfect opportunity to basically say why I'm popular, why my opinion is right different ideas the the monolithic nature of the united states media is pretty evident in terms of its politics people tend to agree on essentially the liberal point of view and increasingly a, a radical leftist point of view in the media and obviously i speak to in response to that at the same time uh, i try to provide an honest take on the issues of the day and that means that i am not beholden to the republican party for example an honest take, but he lies in, in this interview. In the moment it happens, I'm going to stop the interview, and I'm going to show you where he lied. Uh, it means that I am going to speak out whenever I think that a principle is being violated, just no matter who is doing the violation. You work for the right-wing Breitbart website, uh, but you left over its support for Donald Trump. And I think you said you'd never vote for Mr. Trump. Why is that? Well, in 2015, uh, 2016, the Breitbart made a, a hard turn in favor of one particular candidate, and that's their prerogative. Lots of publications have an editorial point of view, and Breitbart was one of those. The reason that I left Breitbart specifically was because was because of an incident in which a Breitbart reporter, a female reporter, was grabbed on the arm by Corey Lewandowski, then the campaign manager for President Trump, 
uh, and was bruised on the arm. And then Corey Lewandowski proceeded to lie about it. And Breitbart proceeded to throw its own reporter under the bus, suggest that she was lying or making this up. And at that point, what really happened was, uh, <laughs> this isn't even the lie I was talking about, but it is a lie. What really happened was, um, basically, uh, the uh, reporter over at Breitbart uh, claimed to have been roughly handled and like assaulted by Corey Lewandowski, the campaign manager for the Trump campaign. And then they what what happened was uh, the, the Trump campaign went and pulled the surveillance footage, put it out, and it literally showed Corey Lewandowski uh, touching uh, the reporter's arm. Um, I, I, you know what? Let's, um, let me, let me, um, let me just show you this. Let me just see if I can find it. Is this it? This might be the video. So yeah, the report was called Michelle Fields, um, and uh, okay. So here's here's the report, like uh, here's the video footage that they, that got released. Um, we'll come back to Ben in a moment. So this is it, eighth of May, twenty sixteen, a different time, right? So I, I don't even know where in the picture this is. You can, you can probably recognize one man. Um, but so I think it's here. Yeah, it, it's this bit. The, 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 the reporter there is grabbed, right? So look, she, 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 right. So you'll see Donald Trump. You recognize him. He's the one with the comb over guys. He's the orange man. Okay. Right. And the woman in the, uh, white jacket next to him, who's like leaning in and holding a phone up. I think it is trying to record something is the reporter now just watch and the guy who comes in and and places his hand on her is Corey Lewandowski there it is that that split second there that guy in the blue jacket and she even continues walking like it's just nothing right and that's the end now this was characterized publicly that Corey Lewandowski had assaulted the Breitbart journalist. Um, she then, I mean, she put, at the time, she she said that he had done you know, these bruises to her, which That's they're really low funny. down on the for, on her left forearm. Seemingly, he grabbed her by the, according to the CCTV, CCTV footage we just saw, grabbed her by the left shoulder and sort of twisted her out of the way. She said these bruises were proof of uh, him assaulting her. Um, and of course, this was vehemently denied. Um, now, Corey Lewandowski did say, I never touched you. That's a lie. Um, but uh, yeah, very, very strange. Very strange. And of course, you have to understand, and I was at Breitbart, I think, at this time, or I might have just left, but I was still talking to some Breitbart reporters. So this was so antithetical. I, no, I was definitely there when Ben Shapiro left. Or was leaving. Because I remember it being talked about in a Slack group. But um, it, was so, it, it was so antithetical to what Breitbart was trying to be about. Which was victim narratives are bad. And lying about, you know, Trump and all of this. 
So this reporter had like gone and made this big thing about like being removed by security. By the way, just a recommendation at home. While I don't support, obviously, I, I remember a fucking journalist without borders. <laughs> I don't support journalists being assaulted trying to do their job. But I would urge anybody, try and walk up to a presidential campaign waving a mobile phone or any other device in their face. See what their security detail do to you. And and let me know if it was as bad as what was in that video. Just just a point. Um, but anyway, Ben hated the fact that Breitbart had become very pro-Trump. A lot of us did. I mean, you know, there were there were lots of people at the time who were fucking super. Like, I you have to understand that there, there was a big divide even down to the like gaming section. There was a big divide about who was pro-Trump and who wasn't, and should the publication be pro-Trump and should it not be? Um, because, like, for me, it was an anathema for any publication to be pro-one candidate. Like, you shouldn't be pro a candidate. Um, I know a lot of publications are. I know, like, CNN was obviously the Clinton News Network. There's no getting away from that. But Breitbart always said, we're better than CNN. I mean, uh, laughable claim. Um, but then, you know, they would also do all the same things. And they, they, there was a huge radical culture change. You know, we were getting told, like, I mean, even like, if there was a gaming story where we said, like, oh, you know, Donald Trump has said in the past, like, video games create mass shooters, like, that was getting pulled. You, there was no way. Nothing anti-Trump was allowed on the site. That was very clear. And we used to argue a lot in the, the Slack group. Because, you know, Milo, like, used to call fucking Trump daddy and say Trump was going to deliver us to the promised land. Trump was going to win. You know, he was very much on the Trump train. And I was like, Trump's a fucking buffoon, dude. Like, 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 don't you want a real good fucking modest, moderate Republican with intelligent positions like Kasich? Don't you want that? And he'd be like, no, nah, Trump. <laughs> so, you know, we, we used to argue all the time, even that far down. And we all knew from our slack interactions that ben shapiro wanted to fucking bounce like he wanted out the minute we got well it's a we i mean like i was never a part of breitbart like we i wasn't dyed in the wool breitbart i worked there for six months uh i worked at the daily dot before again you know i i there, there was a time when you could work at left-wing right-wing publications people used to think it was kind of cool and edgy that you would just flip between politics like that But any, but you know, I didn't know Breitbart was gonna. I, well, first of all, I didn't know Steve Bannon was gonna be a fucking idiot and say, "Oh yeah, we're the like some boomer, some fucking moron, supposedly this political mastermind," and then come out and go, "Yeah, we're a platform for the alt right." Uh, Steve, have you looked at what the latest definition of the alt right is according to uh, the modern media? Now I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna have to deal with that, you know, for the rest of my life. Uh, when I, when I took it on board, I just knew Milo and I thought he was fucking funny, you know. And Milo was funny, very flattering of my ability, told me there was a game section, I went and had an interview, I met Milo, I met Alan Bakari, there was some of the, uh, there was some of the girls, you know, that, were, that worked there, that were like cool, it was like, you know, it was pretty, it, was, it sounds stupid, it was like a, there was a German dude, it was like, it was pretty fucking diverse, you know, it was more diverse than it was at the Daily Dot, where it was always some fucking white guy telling me that I was, you know, oh, we can't say that, honey, alright, <laughs> why not? It's the truth. We're not in the truth business, honey. Oh, brilliant. Love this. This is diverse as fuck. Yeah, loving this. Um, so anyway, 
So basically, Ben Shapiro wanted out. He wanted out for a long time. From the moment Breitbart was like, uh, the pop, and Steve Bannon in particular, who I don't even think Andrew Breitbart would have got along with, honestly. I, I, you know, they, they have some similarities, but then some very disparate differences. Um, but I mean, I, I know nothing about a dead man's perspective, so take that with a pinch of salt. That's very speculative. But anyway, the, um, the you know, it's very clear to everybody. Like ben Shapiro internally was like fucking raging all the time. Like, he didn't want the publication to be pro pro any candidate but certainly not pro trump of all the candidates so he was looking for an excuse and this michelle fields bullshit provided him with that excuse so so that's just to give you that because uh you know I, I i worry um that you might not know a lot of what's being referred to because it's like 2016's ancient history now if you live in the las vegas area and you're tired of settling uh, no, I, I Shapiro, you right, said you'd never no. stand up for its own reporters okay. and instead would throw those reporters under the bus in favor of a candidate that it sought to back. Haven't you lost your battle for the Republican Party, though? Isn't the Republican Party now the party of Trump? No, I mean, I think that the Republican Party is always the party of whomever is the president, technically speaking. But in terms of who are the sort of the thought leaders inside the conservative movement, who are the people who are driving a lot of the discussion inside the conservative movement? I don't think that's correct at all. I think that most Republicans see President Trump as a vehicle for their policy preferences, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they agree with all of his personal foibles or the way that he behaves or the things that he says. And I think a lot of Republicans respond in anger to the media attacking President Trump mainly out of a, a reactionary and half-appropriate upset that the media seem to have a double standard when it comes to covering certain politicians. I'm interested oh, fine, you so think far. there's a thought movement inside the Republican Party. Hmm. I mean, haven't the conservatives... Uh run out of ideas in America, all the new policies, the Medicare for all, $15 minimum wage, the Green New Deal, they're all coming from the left. Now, I'll say this about Andrew Neil, right? What he's done there is, and, and this is why I'm amazed, because this is a throw. Like, this is actually a good question. This is actually a good question if you um, aren't agitated. Because what he said there is, Aren't conservatives out of ideas? We have all of these policies coming from the left, which, by the way, every policy is named there, the minimum wage, the Green New Deal. They are hugely flawed policies in and of their own right, even to the point like with the Green New Deal, where Democrats didn't even vote for it. And AOC had to come out and say, well, I told him not to vote for it, right? So what he's done there, he's given you, like, that is a softballer question, as you will get in politics. Uh, you just go, well, you know, uh, th 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 those might appear to be uh, new ideas. Uh, they're actually not. They're a continuation of leftist stuff. Ben does say something to that effect. But then you go, but actually there's all these great new de ideas coming out from conservatives. And then listen to the ideas he lists. Oh, my God. Uh, it's terrible. Oh, the, the, it, it, the interview starts to taper off here. And you realize that Ben's actually not interested. And they're popular. Well, Frank, fr I mean, frankly, I'm confused by the idea that any of those are, are particularly new ideas. I mean, most okay. of those ideas have been around since Franklin Delano Roosevelt at the very earliest, or at the very latest, rather. Some of them go all the way back to Woodrow Wilson. Okay. But the idea that new ideas are absent in the Republican Party is obviously untrue. We have a, right. a, a very strong debate that goes on inside sort of the, the conservative halls of intelligentsia uh, about what is the appropriate action to take with regard to the medical system. 
that was the Medicare thing. Like you should, you could have totally caught up on that. Just having a debate about it isn't an idea; it's a debate. Should global warming be considered uh, a real threat, or you're not winning anyone over with that, Ben? I mean, you should not read the room. Read the room. You, you shouldn't be saying should should global warming be considered a real threat. I mean. Whether you believe it's fucking man-made or not, like, if it's happening, which it is, uh, yes, and it's like, oh, God, oh, it's immediately, it's starting to, it, 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 this is, ah, oh, it, it's all down here, uh, it's all downhill from here, like, it's so bad. Should global warming be, be considered something that technology will solve, and if so, what are the best, best aspects of, of solving that? What are the, but what are the ideas? Where are the conservatives' ideas on solving that? I've seen, I've heard plenty of conservatives say it's not that bad, it's not man-made, we'll fix it, it'll be okay, we need oil, we can't stop fossil fuels. I agree with all of that. We need to go fuck, well, not all of that. I agree with that last part. We need to go nuclear for sure. I'm totally on board with nuclear power. Chernobyl's a fucking PR disaster, but that's all it is. In reality, we can fix all of our problems tomorrow, right? But like, you haven't said any of that. You haven't even said what the ideas are. You mentioned no ideas. In that answer, you mentioned no ideas debate on the right about nationalism versus patriotism for example or populism versus free marketeerism that debate is happening these are all debates debates are not ideas debates are not ideas ben come on you do facts you're my you're my facts do not care about your feelings muse you are the guy that like says here are the facts but you're just talking about debates i know the debates are happening Andrew Neal is asking you for the ideas. The right to, to sort of suggest that the right in America is bereft of ideas, but the left is full of ideas. Number one, not all ideas are good ideas. I mean, AOC is pretty good evidence of that. Again, right? Not all ideas are good ideas. You haven't listed any conservative ideas. You've immediately pivoted to now just bringing up AOC for no reason. I suppose Green Deal was in there. I mean, she wasn't the only person behind it, but sure, she's elected herself as a spokesperson for it. Where are the right-wing ideas? Where are the conservative ideas? How could you not be prepped for this? I'm, I'm a big fan of some old ideas myself that I think are, are pretty good. Okay, good. But Which ones? Old that, ideas. I think that it is, it is oh, you're not even intellectual, name them. Okay. Uh, intellectual sneering of the highest order to suggest that only the left has, has new and decent ideas. But you couldn't name one. <laughs> I think... Imagine that, right? Like, <laughs> like this is like, uh, like college-level debate class shit. At what point do you fucking say... Uh, but you haven't named any ideas. Some of the ideas that are popular in your... What I love about Andrew Neil is... Andrew Neil, and this is why I will never understand why Ben Shapiro storms off this interview. Andrew Neil has given him, first of all, an unbelievable softball intro, like literally just an alley-oop. Then he gives him another question. That question is literally nectar, like, mm, to a fucking bee. Like, I will tell you about all of the good ideas. Ben couldn't be asked. Ben didn't prepare. He didn't fucking have any. And then, like, Andrew Neil's got too much class because he's not stupid. Because he's a veteran political reporter from the UK, and he's Scottish, and if you combine all that together, you better fucking believe he's got some savvy about him. He's got too much class to just go, you haven't listened to an idea there, though, and make it combative at the start. you got too much class.
Like, you can tell, by the way. Look at Ben's face. <laughs> ben knows, like, I got a minute. I had to fucking prepare for this. And I didn't. And this could get bad. And it does. Politics, uh... Would seem to take us back to the Dark Ages, Georgia, mm. new abortion laws. Uh, These new abortion laws in the US in are a of, fucking disgrace, uh, that, by the way. Uh, a woman who miscarries could get 30 years. A Georgian woman who travels to another state for an abortion procedure could get 10 years. These are extreme hard policies. Well, okay, a couple of things. One, I'm not sure. I mean, frankly, I don't know whether you're. Are you an objective journalist or are you an opinion journalist? I'm a journalist that asks questions. Okay, so you're a, you're a supposedly objective journalist calling policies with which you disagree barbaric and no, suggesting I, only one side of the political aisle no. has ideas. So I just want to point no, out that, no, I, know that I wish you would, I, I wish I, you would at least be honest in your own biases. Uh, Mr. So Shapiro, are, are, are I know you a, right. So so again, the debate king, Ben Shapiro, king of the debate, king of the debate, couldn't just answer the question as it was laid out. Right. Keep in mind. Andrew Neil has given him two. He's given him two. He's given him two. And Ben's fluffed both. And now we get to the meat of the interview. This is the part where it's okay. I've got you settled in. You, you, you do this in any interview. It's not even just politics. You ask questions to maybe establish rapport, set the scene, set the tone, get you comfortable, and then you go for the real shit. But also as well, sometimes it can be a deliberate move. You get your opponent, but you know, a lot of political journalists think about the guy they're interviewing, if they know they're a piece of shit or a liar or whatever, they think about them as the opponent and it's a game of chess. So they give you some soft ones so you get too comfortable, too complacent. Ben was fucking unbelievably complacent and ill-prepared right from the get-go. And has already embarrassed himself, in my opinion. But now, to immediately, on the very first question of substance, to turn around and go, what kind of journalist are you? Are you a biased journalist? Are you an opinion journalist? And it's like, well, I mean, first of all, Ben, as somebody who's worked as a journalist, you must understand that, like, for example... There are sometimes I'm very objective in my reporting. And then sometimes I write opinions. I write opinion pieces uh, because my opinion carries weight in the industry and I work. So to ask a, a journalist to pigeonhole themselves in that way is absurd. Um, and then second of all, the framing of the question is deliberately biased to potentially benefit you because you can come in and explain why it isn't draconian. How it's not a return to the Dark Ages. How actually there's a very important issue that we're overlooking here. With just a bit of calm and just a bit of clarity, you could have come off looking like an intelligent political commentator instead of a fucking baby and you didn't do it. And look, Andrew Neil again has done you a real favor that you can't even see what he's doing because, I don't know man, maybe you're just mired in Twitter bullshit the entire time. Broadcasting in America is now so polarized that on one program you only have the left and another one you just have the right. My job well, is to question those who have strong views and put an alternative to them. If you were an anti-abortion person, I would be... By the way, how alpha is fucking Andrew Neil? How alpha is Andrew Neil? Sorry, little squeaker Shapiro, you're not talking over me, motherfucker. My show. My, I'm the guy who actually matters on this show. I get to turn you off in a second. You will listen to my questions, and you will listen to my clarifications, and you will fucking deal with it. I love this. I would do absolutely the same. Once you, um, there's a dynamic... 
there's there there is a, a dynamic in interviews where once you start letting the subject talk over you dominate the conversation and you lose control of the interview it's very hard to get it back on track so what what andrew neil is doing here is is just textbook this is somebody who's classically educated very experienced in his field like again this is this is what you should be doing if you're interviewing if you're doing serious interviews putting pro-abortion questions to you but you are really would you, would you, would you call the pro-choice position so, so, so why don't you so just answer you my question sir sir i'm happy to answer your question please you answer this one would you suggest would you suggest that a late-term abortion is brutal i'm not taking is a view on this issue i'm asking you the questions <laughs> sir you just suggested the pro-life position is inherently brutal and terrible so i'm asking you as an objective journalist would you ask the same question to a pro-choice advocate by what, calling what their I'm, position brutal what and, and i'm horrible? asking you is that why is it that a bill banning abortions after a woman has been pregnant for six weeks is not a return to the dark ages what's your answer my answer is something called so good mind. like just the way he negotiates that whole situation andrew neil it is just so good like it is again this interview is a masterclass on how to deal with a combative, difficult subject. He states plainly, wait, you know, and, and, and this is what's intimated by his statement. You are saying that I um, shouldn't be biased, that I shouldn't have opinions. So I am telling you, I don't have a view in it, but I am asking you why this isn't a return to the dark ages. Now, you see, sure, it's loaded. It's a loaded question. It's, it's, it's a very heavy-handed way of loading the question. He's only doing this after being pushed back against, right? But the point still stands. Make an argument why it isn't. This should be your bread and butter, your Ben Shapiro, the debate king. Doesn't do it. Elect, once again, elects not to do it. And Andrew Neil, his tone, his temperament, his direction, just exemplary. Like, it, it is... It is it is something you be admired. Human life exists at conception. It ought to be protected. Now, back to Ooh. my question to you. You purport to be an objective journalist. BBC purports to be an objective... So, th this is the other thing I find strange. He says life begins at conception. It ought to be protected. And science backs me up. Then he immediately breezes past and gets back to this, like, stupid nonsense about whether or not he's biased. And it's like, Ben, dude, I know you have your own show. I know you have your own podcast. You're the guest here. Why are you asking him the questions? And it, it, it's a waste of your time. It, it, it's not going to achieve anything. You're on British television to give your opinion. You're meant to be arguing on behalf of the positions. So so this is just a really stupid direction to, to take the whole interview. Even if, like, even if I say, oh, you have an agenda, you're a right-wing piece of shit, you know, whatever. Like, it, it, this is just self-defeating. ...down the middle network. It obviously is not, it never has been, and you as a journalist are proceeding to call one side of the political aisle ignorant, barbaric, and sending us back to the dark ages. Why don't you just say that you're on the left? Uh, is this so hard for you? Why can't you just be honest? <laughs> Mr. Seriously, Shapiro, I, it's a serious question. Mr. Shapiro, if you only knew how ridiculous that statement is, you wouldn't have said it. Right. Now, I love about this, because he goes, Oh, Mr. Shapiro, if only you knew how ridiculous that is, right? So, um... Let me let me do you a bit of a history here. Let me see if I can find a link to it. So Andrew Neil, um, Andrew Neil. <laughs> oh, it's 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 wild, Andrew Neil. So um, 
Let me just give you some history on Andrew Neil. Six minutes. So we'll come back to this. We'll go to Wikipedia. You know, not the best source, but it's what I have available to me. The idea you can call Andrew Neil a leftist is insane. It is so... And again, it shows Ben Shapiro doesn't know who he is or his background. They've done no homework. So Ben Shapiro and his team got to carry a big L on this one. I'd be ashamed if I worked for a political commentator and I didn't prepare them... Uh, for talking to a political enemy. Now, Andrew Neal, as I said, he's a veteran. He's been around the block. Uh, and it's why I got respect from him, even if I don't always respect his positions. He worked at the Sunday Times. That is Rupert Murdoch owned the Sunday Times. Right? So he worked He worked there. Then he moved over to Sky TV, which was also uh, part of Murdoch's news corporation. Rupert Murdoch, that notorious left-wing uh, uh, publication. Um, I think he's appeared in The Spectator, notoriously right-wing in its views. Certainly presents the left. But let's just have a look at some of his views here. Um, he was pro-Iraq war. Find me a leftist who was pro the Iraq invasion, by the way. Find me one of those guys. Um, he was also really into the idea of a war in Afghanistan. Find me a leftist who was pro, um, <laughs> uh, pro uh, Afghanistan. He also rejects climate change. He says, uh, not that, he, does, he stops at itself. This nearly got him fired from the BBC, but he rejects this 93% or whatever it is consensus, right? Uh, when he was working at the Sunday Times, he also said uh, that AIDS couldn't be spread to heterosexuals. So he was, he was pro big gay plague version of AIDS. But he's le he's a leftist according to Ben Shapiro. He is a leftist according to Ben Shapiro. Like it's so insane. Like I could I could go into so much more right about about him. And listen, he's walked back some of these positions, not all of them. But as I said, Andrew Neal has just been around the block. I don't respect his positions. I respect his demeanor. And surely you can see now the idea he is a fucking biased guy. I'll wager dollars to fucking donuts that Andrew Neal actually supports all of Ben Shapiro's positions on abortion. But when he's on the politics show, holy shit, he checks it at the door. How the fuck does Ben Shapiro not know any of this shit? It's on Wikipedia! Do you not have an assistant that can go and go, hey, we're going to get a softball interview from a fellow fucking right-wing conservative because historically that's what all his positions are. Do not do that. No, instead. Uh, excuse me, sir. Sir, 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 sir. Can you, can, will you just admit you're a leftist? <laughs> will you just admit you're a pro-Iraq war left? Like, Ben, what a fucking embarrassment this has been. We're only six minutes in, by the way. This isn't even... Oh my god, when he lies. Oh, it's so bad. But anyway, just so you know about Andrew Neil, definitely not a leftist. And when you saw that genuine smile on, on Andrew Neil's face, he has never been called left-wing before. Never. Never. Because who would? Listen up. The soap Yo. you shower with, it's you probably oh, haven't even questioned what bar of soap you lather up with. Wait, wait, wait. Let's I gotta watch it. this, guys. Most guys don't. 
They're still using whatever bar their mommy bought for her little man. Is that yeah. what you want? To smell like mama's little man? Ugh. But well, now so you can I upgrade your shower game with Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. I'm talking about natural, nourishing, cold-pressed, hand-cut soap for men. Okay. Men who use their hands. Men who build things. A type? Men who open the pickle jar on the first try. I can men do that. Men who catch foul balls without spilling their beer. Never, never spill beer. You won't just smell good either. Your skin will be healthier and more nourished. Dare I say, soft. Oh, men are supposed to have soft skin? No, yeah. are they? Well, men weren't supposed to cry during movies. And then they I made do the do movie that. Rudy. So you want to smell like the forest? Movie. Boom, pine tar, we've got you. You want to smell like the sea? Boom, nautical sage, we've got you. You want to smell like you just got off a boat in the Caribbean? Boom, bay rum, we've got you. And with six more cents, we've got you covered no matter what kind of man you are. Now you're wondering why have I been doing it wrong for so long? Yeah. During the First World War, big soap started taking out all the natural ingredients to make production cheaper. There's a big soap? They replaced all the natural stuff with chemicals. Chemicals like sodium laurel sulfate, parabens, this sucks. Chemicals linked to why didn't why was I told about this? Liver damage, cancer, and low sperm count. Well, I don't want any of those ball, things. Dry skin. He said while well, drinking oh, whiskey. Your poor balls, all dry, empty, and sad. Those are my balls. <laughs> We make our soaps with natural ingredients from the earth. Ingredients like oils, plants, goat's milk, Greek yogurt, oatmeal, shea butter, and citrus. No. Did you say oatmeal twice? Turn your shower game up to 11. With the smooth lather of gold moss or the exfoliating... There may not be new to eat at the end of this, by the way, dudes. Get ready to step out of the shower feeling alive. Still not sure? Here's a couple reviews from real customers. Joseph S. says, This is the perfect bar of soap. It's like it was handcrafted in the Northwest Forest Good by dude. beautiful tiny elves. Oh, tiny elves isn't enough for you? Well, here's huh. another review from Michael A. It makes you feel like you just stepped out of a mountain Fuck stream. Fuck that soap, boy. Squatch was there Never to hand you the towel. Time for you to Too get much the right neck. tool for the job. Because you're Don't worth like it, my that. friend. We ship it right to your door. Mm. And with a 100% satisfaction guarantee, if it's not the best bar of soap you've ever used, it's on us. Tens of thousands of men already subscribe, which means that every month, fresh new bars of Squatch show up at their door. Click the link for Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. Real soap for real men. Or don't. And continue to be Mommy's Little Helper. That's a wrap. All right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Did he click it yet? Did he click the link? He hasn't clicked the link. I would have when I heard about the dry, sad balls. <laughs> you know what? Uh, ben Shapiro. Good commercial. I'm all right. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get some soap. I'm gonna get that fucking soap. I'm gonna do it. Actually, you like that shit? That's a fucking great ad. I'm on board with it. No woke bullshit. You're talking about my dry, sad balls. I have dry, sad balls. It like it spoke to me, dude. And you know what? I, like, I, I use gels and, like, creams and, you know what I mean? Like, you know what? I'm, I'm checking that shit out. I'm checking. I, I, I have been sold to, sir. 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 <laughs> sir.
You are a leftist, sir. Right, let's get back to this. Obviously is not, it never has been, and you as a journalist are proceeding to call one side of the political aisle ignorant, barbaric, and sending us back to the dark ages. Why don't you just say that you're on the left? Is this so hard for you? Uh, look at his laugh. Look at his face. Look how wrecked he is. What I, like, literally never been called the left in his life. Look, look how much he laughs. Uh, is this so hard for you? Why can't you just be honest? <laughs> Mr. Seriously, Shapiro, I, it's a serious question. Mr. Shapiro, if you only knew how ridiculous that statement is, you wouldn't have said it. So let's move on. Um, would you vote for Mr. Trump? evident from your own questions exactly what you are, sir. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. Like, the idea you can't conceive that a journalist might adopt a contrary point for the purposes of an interview is insane to me. Especially somebody who works as a journalist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you saw that laugh, right? He's like, fucking hell. Oh, I wish there was more people, more gullible cunts like you in the UK. I haven't had to deal with right-wing stigma for fucking five decades. Trump, would you vote for Mr. Trump in 2020? I'd certainly consider voting for Mr. Trump in 2020, just like I also voting for anybody. Sorry, because uh, I want to talk about the mechanics of this interview. What Andrew Neil does here is uh, is also unbelievably gracious. So the idea that you should be angry at him is insane to me. Because what he there's conflict here. And instead, like many journalists would do, they embrace it, they get mired in it. Let's butt heads, right? He throws him another softball, meaningless question. He goes, "Hey, change the subject." Would you vote for Trump in 2020? And it's like, Ben doesn't let the ire and, and the tension in the interview dissipate. He hold, He's clinging on to it. He wants to get back into this idea of trying to portray a guy whose positions are all an anathema to the left as a leftist. That's right. so hard for you. Why can't you just be honest? <laughs> Thanks for the sub. Seriously, it's a serious question. Mr. Shapiro, if you only knew how ridiculous that statement is, you wouldn't have said it. Good to see you about that. So let's move on. Um, would you vote for Mr. Trump? Would you vote for Mr. Trump in 2020? I'd certainly consider voting for Mr. Trump in 2020, just like I'd consider voting for anybody else in 2020. Uh, but didn't you want to see Gabba represent? I said that I wouldn't vote for him in 2016, and then I wrote a column for National Review explaining the conditions under which I might change my mind. You're a, a, a culture war warrior, isn't he? Largely on your side, you. You wrote once it was unlikely he'd appoint conservative judges to the Supreme Court. He has. Right. That so you true. were wrong. And so I'm, I, I like many of President Trump's policies, even if I still have serious reservations about his personality and character. Do you think there's a Democrat that could beat him in 2020? Sure, I think there are several Democrats who could beat him in 2020. Who would have the best chance? I think that Joe Biden is likeliest to beat him, considering that he has significant appeal in a lot of the Rust Belt, in places like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, the places that President Trump needs to win to retain the presidency. And Joe Biden also has a long history in politics, which means that the American people already have sort of a preconceived vision of him. President Trump as a campaigner is very good at dragging unknowns through the mud mm. uh, or at exposing details about people that are previously sort of covered up. But when it comes to Joe Biden, he's been well exposed for a very long time. Most people know him. And he's not nearly as unpopular. Joe Biden gets through the primaries, by the way. So if it was a Fuck close America. race between Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump, you would, from what you say, I think, probably go for Mr. Trump. Yes, I would vote for Mr. Trump if it were a race between Biden and Trump, because I think that the damage that President Trump has done to the country on a character and rhetorical level has already been done and cannot be undone. I don't see it as getting worse day by day. That is the new status quo, unfortunately. Now the question becomes which policies I would most like to see enacted and Trump's policy preferences are closer to my own than Joe Biden's are. Now, you're a star of new media, of conservative new media. Uh, you and others... Right, now, 
I hope you all see what he did there, right? So he wanted to talk about specific policies, the abortion bill. Ben, despite being all about logic and fucking, you know, great debater and all this, completely ignored the response to that and just said, you're a leftist for even framing the question the way you did. Andrew Neil laughed it off and thought, if I press him, he's probably going to leave. Honestly, maybe he should have pressed him a little. I probably would have. Whatever. It's Andrew Neil. Respect. Now we have this, like, just nothing. Just these filler questions. Would you vote for Trump? Oh, but if he goes against Biden, you, you, you would still vote for Trump. Okay, cool. Now, let's talk about your shit. Let's talk about this, uh, you know... Um, yeah, this culture now, you're earlier. a star of new media of conservative new, new media, media. Uh, you and others on the left and the right you position yourselves as supposed tellers of hard truths but haven't you all just really coarsened public discourse in America and exacerbated its divisions inarguably have be interesting to see how you frame this one you know, it's kind of odd to be to be hearing about me coarsening public discourse when you call policies you disagree with brutal and bring. Oh, that's right, Ben. Instead of talking about you, your work, or hell, even taking that question and judoing it to talk about the left, you come back to attacking the interviewer as a leftist, the guy who's demonstrably right wing, guy's only held right wing positions pretty much for the entirety. Why is he bringing this up? It is amateur hour. This is so pathetic. It makes me wonder sometimes if, like, there's a guy in fucking Ben's ear telling him what to say because this is so fucking bad, like, to get back on it, right? And it's like, if you want to talk about the abortion policy bill and you got something to say, say that. But instead, you're trying to, dis you're trying to discredit the interviewer. Uh, uh, like I say, it's it's bad. Bring us back to the dark ages, sir. Uh, the point I don't want to return to, but the point was to put a position for you to reply to it, and I thought we covered uh, that. that, that, that. <laughs> and that's it. The point was to put a position so you can reply. Pretty much the job of every question in this interview, by the way. Um, but let's look how fucking jaded and like what, like, like you can see that Andrew Neil is like, wait, I thought this guy was a great mind. I thought this guy was like an intellectual. This is like interviewing Sargon. This is so beneath me. That's. Uh, well, I, I'll I, I put think some that of the points too, because on your your, your videos, characterization of issues is part of the problem in the well, coarsening of public debate. Well, maybe it's also part of your problem too, because we have from your YouTube videos, Ben Shapiro destroys the abortion argument. Ben Shapiro destroys transgenderism and abortion. Is that not? A kind of coarse public discourse well are those videos labeled by me so ben i'm gonna give you a bit of advice i'm, I'm not a lawyer never worked as a lawyer i talk to lawyers i talk to a, a lot of lawyers actually and one of the first things they will tell you about court you know when, when, when you're out there you never ask a question you don't know the answer to and you certainly don't ask a rhetorical question um if there's any chance that it can come back and i'm just going to show you here yes that language appears on your youtube channel sir it really does in the absence um, of some let me just show you uh here we go um in the absence of some 
defeat her, it seems to me that we're perfectly within our rights. In right. So we'll come back to this. 8.56. Ben, this is your official YouTube channel. This is your official YouTube channel, sir. In the absence of... Right. Ben Shapiro, The Ben Shapiro Show, writes it history, a book by Ben Shapiro, buy it now. This is where I'm at, Daily Wire, my website, Ben Shapiro, this is my YouTube channel. Ben Shapiro destroys abortion argument. It's on your channel! Ben Shapiro destroys transgenderism. It's on your channel. So I want you to keep this in mind. You're not even a real journalism. <laughs> Thank you, right. Warrior34, for being another new uh, friend. I really appreciate it, dude. I hope you don't regret the sub and you stick around. Thank you very much. So, it's there. These aren't random people on the internet. Why don't we get back to how Ben Shapiro tries to wriggle out of this one? At eight minutes and fifty-six. Well, I have to your watch another ad. Is your money maker? Sorry, buddy. Why would you pair it? I'm already face? buying the soap, dude. I'm already. I promise. I'm uh, already. Benjamin. Right. Why? Are, why are you? Why are you? I Here it is. Abortion. Is that not a kind of coarse public discourse? Well, are those videos labeled by me? I have no idea. But why are you picking out? Massively your video. Here we go. It's a Daily Wire videos. Yeah, yeah, they're Daily Wire videos being displayed on his YouTube channel. He, sure, they might not be labeled by him. He runs the Daily Wire. It's his website, dude. Are you, you're not making. Come on, Davs. You're not arguing that. You're not arguing that the website he runs as a vehicle for him isn't controlled and has no editorial input from him don't worry he explicitly calls them i think random videos on the internet let's just dabs just hold the fucking phone why are, why are you why are you, i have a question why are you picking out random youtube videos put up by people who are not me in what way dabs and friends in what way <laughs> would you describe videos put by the daily wire <laughs> <laughs> and advertised on the Ben Shapiro YouTube channel. In what way would you call those random YouTube videos in uh, not labeled by him? I, you know, uh, I, nah. Yeah, no, no. Hey, Dabs, you're all right, buddy. I like you. you. I like you, journalism. and I like you too, Crispy Speedruns. Thanks for being That's a new right, friend. Man. 64, 12 days to go to hit 250 new friends. 250 new friends. That's what's about? You too, Drooby. You're not even a real journalism. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. I got a Ben Shapiro book. I think it's over there. I, I, I think I got the whole thing about it. Like with bullies and leftists or something. I don't know. I bought it. I, want, I just wanted to read and get the cut of his gym. This is very disappointing. It doesn't end. It doesn't end here. But 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 what I'm saying is Andrew Neal. Now, this might be a bit of a lack of preparation from Andrew Neal. Because, again, I would have immediately bounced That's back. Right. Thanks, do CS. Nine she months. Appreciate rich. it. Love the content always slash. I would have immediately like just bounced back and gone, yo motherfucker, they're on your YouTube channel. How'd you explain that? Daily Wire's labeling them. Don't you have any editorial input in the Daily Wire? I don't I think Andrew Neal wasn't prepared because I would have just batted that back. 
But but again, just watch this nonsense. And this is actually the point where Ben has made up his mind to walk off the interview at, uh, at some point. Attributing the titles to me. Are you unhappy with the way they've been described? I think that people can describe me however they please. It's a free country, and I'm all in favor of a, public, of a public debate. If you watch the actual clips, they are generally civil conversations between me and somebody who disagrees with me. You say in your new book, uh, you suggest that America's largest struggle at the moment is, quote, the struggle for our national soul. We are so angry at each other right now. And I, I think that's true. I've just returned from the United States. But aren't you part of the problem with the way you go about your discourse, not the solution? I think we can all do better in our discourse, but the fact that I've reached out to so many people across the aisle to have conversations with them is pretty evident. The fact that I was willing to walk from a publication that was paying me money over principle is pretty evident. The oh, fact that I've God. called out President Trump, a member of a party of which I am a member. Let, let me also tell you, being the editor-in-chief of Breitbart makes you a fucking pariah. You make way more money by denouncing and walking away, as evidenced by the fact that Ben Shapiro has a very good political career. And I was told by people internally at Breitbart, his dream was to become a Fox uh, political fucking commentator, like a regular talking head or a contributor or whatever the fuck you would call it. Multiple people in Breitbart told me that, so, you know, whatever. Repeatedly, when I think that he has done things that are immoral, I think is decent evidence that I'm looking at least for a civil conversation. Well, you, as you say in your book, you say that there's a quite a key phrase, we are so angry at each other right now. But as I say, aren't you part of that anger? Aren't you encouraging that anger? For example, you, des you described Mr. Obama's State of the Union address in 2012 as fascist mentality in action. Well, I think that if you, are want, if you want to argue with the characterization, then we can talk about what exactly his State of the Union address said. Is it charged language in politics? Sure. The problem that I have is not with charged language in politics, which I'm generally in favor of. I like a robust public debate and a very loud and, and, and spirited public debate. I have no problem with that whatsoever. What I'm talking about is the assumption that people with whom we disagree politically are inherently of bad character or, in your words, want to bring us back to the Dark Ages. But so... Goes back to the Dark Ages thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> love this, though. Because this is one of the major criticisms that we have of uh, leftist rhetoric, that it characterizes everything that's even right of their very extreme left position to be fascist. So even if you're just one step across and you're like, hey, I support, uh, you know, all sexualities, all fucking ge all 72 genders, all of this shit... I'm completely on your side, but, like, I just uh, disagree with this one thing. They go, fuck you, you fascist. I think it's interesting that, you know, in 2012, and this would have been, I would have been oblivious to this at the time, you were out there calling Obama a fascist. Hmm. Kind of sounds like what people are doing to Trump right now, On you know, from the other side of the... Uh, you know, perspective, and yeah, you're right. I, shit, did I did I say seventy two? I meant one hundred and twelve. I'm I didn't mean to be a bigot. I'm sorry. Again, it was your description of the State of the Union address in 2012 as fascist. That's... The wording of, of President Trump's 20. Oh, and that's the other point I wanted to make. Like being a fascist, there is no upside. <laughs> like uh, again, it feels weird saying there is no upside to being a fascist. I mean, unless you are the fascist and you have a army of fascists and you have absolute control, then there's loads of upside. It's nothing but upside at the expense of everyone else. 
That's what fascism is. That's what makes you fascist. But if you just get called a fascist and you're not actually a fascist in a fascist army, with a, in a fascist government, in a fascist country, there's zero upside. In fact, most people in society will treat you like a fucking pariah. You will probably get fired. You know what I mean? So when you label something as fascist when it actually isn't, because let's be real, Obama was many things. Right? And I like Obama, and I miss Obama, and I still have fantasies that maybe somehow Obama's going to come back in some role and smooth all this over. You know, I can't, un you know, and even though I know what he is, and I know all the drone strikes he did, and he didn't close down Guantanamo, and he said he would, and, you know, uh, I know all of that. I know all of that. I know he's bad, but he's just so good on the mic. He's just so smooth, isn't he? He's just so smooth and good looking and dreamy in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, so, so, I know, I know I've got my own bias. But, like, Obama, if you thought he was bad, there were many reasons to think that. He wasn't a fascist, was he? Never a fascist. Never a fascist. There you go, see, Funkaroo, I know, I know. Because you forget, even if you disagree with uh, Obama's positions no, and policies... He would come out on a mic That's and he would right. go, Well, America. No, it's a chat. Uh, is it racist to an Obama impression? In a good, night. Yeah. good to know, Warhead. 56 months, triple shot of Jaeger. I heard Jaeger's a game award now. If uh, the, the Pink Ward or whatever his name is. Um, uh, you know what I mean, though? It's like. I'd just be like, oh, fuck Obama, dude. Like, fuck all American presidents, actually. They're always up to some shit. And then he would just come on the mic and go, America. <laughs> I'm doing it. Something that doesn't even sound remotely like him now. My, my, my early one was better. Uh, you know, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like, I'd be like, yeah, he's all right, that Obama, isn't he? I remember, actually, exactly where I was, where Obama was inaugurated. I, I, uh, I couldn't... Uh, right, when it was declared he was going to be president, actually, not even the inauguration. I, I can't tell you that for any other president, because it meant a lot to me to see a, a, a black president in America. Like, you thought it was impossible. You thought it would never happen in your lifetime. You've been told as a European, America was so fucking racist, they never vote for a black guy. And then he came in, and he just so happened to be so fucking suave and sophisticated and know how to talk to people. And then he did a bunch of heinous evil shit. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but anyway, Obama wasn't a fascist. I mean, he wasn't that. So even his biggest critics, I'd like to think I could bring some fucking toothless yokel whose first word was yeehaw with fucking dip in his fucking mouth and sitting down and he'd be like well that obama meant things <laughs> but it weren't a fascist that for damn sure it wasn't no fascist it was the m-word we wanted them up at the top you know even a racist wouldn't call obama a fascist you know what i mean so the fact that ben shapiro called him a fucking fascist is absurd and again sure we can all change our positions it's seven years you know what i mean we can all change our positions it's like it's hard to believe it feels just like yesterday trump got elected and we entered into this nightmare um 
but but we can definitely change our positions in seven years. Hell, I know streamers who've deliberately changed their politics when I you to make money in that time. It's crazy how that works, and uh, 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 very cynically so. Um, but the but the reality is, again, if you're ever going to come out and say something in politics and say, "Hey, this is the position I hold," if you've ever held a contrary position, you're going to get called on it. You're going to get called on it. G12 address was bad and wrong. That's all. There are plenty of things that are bad and wrong, but it doesn't make them fascist. Well, I suppose that's true, but if... <laughs> He's been wrecked! Do you see that in a second? Imagine being wrecked like that! Look at his face! That is a face that knows he got wrecked! How'd you get wrecked? Of that easy a retort oh my god no or, or in your words want to bring us back to but, the dark ages but again it was your description of the state of the union address in 2012 as fascist That's... the wording of, of president trump's 2012 address was bad and wrong that's all there are plenty of things that are bad and wrong but it doesn't make them fascist well i suppose that's true but you've been done You've been absolutely done, Andy even said President Trump, and again, Andrew Neil's got too much class, I didn't even pick up on the first time. You could have just corrected him to throw him off kilter. You would be told to do that in your ear by a producer, and he didn't do it. How'd you get done like that? How does our fucking debate king sent from almighty fucking God? To, to teach us how to debate, have, ever have to utter the words. Well, I suppose that's right. <laughs> He's been wrecked! But if you would like to, again, if you'd like to read me the column out loud, I suppose I can critique it for you. Oh, well, again, with Mr. Obama, you said, Jew, and you're, you're Jewish yourself. I only mention that because to put this in context. The Jews who vote for Obama are, by and large, Jews in name only. Ginos, you call them. My statement was based on the fact that Jews in the United States, as an ethnic group, are largely irreligious, which is true by every single poll. Jews are the most irreligious group in the United States. As an Orthodox Jew who actually takes Judaism seriously, the point that I am making is that most Jews who are ethnically Jewish are not religiously Jewish no. in any context. No, no, no. The point you were making is that Jews who vote for Obama are Jews in name only. I said, I said that, yes, that is correct. That... <laughs> so, I'm just gonna... <laughs> oh my god! I'm just gonna let you talk and rabbit on about a belief you don't hold, and then I'm gonna bring you back to what you actually said, and now you're gonna have to stand by it. Oh my god, it's so bad. Oh god. Oh! Oh, it's, it's too much, dude. Like, he's been absolutely... Like, if this was a boxing match, man, Debbie, you'd be right now doing the commentary, like, <laughs> well, he's out on his feet there. I don't know why. They haven't thrown a towel in. This shows a lack of <laughs> respect from the corner. Like, Shapiro's just like, oh, it's weird. Like, Drago just fucking boom, boom. It is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And again, 
Andrew Neil hasn't even employed any like smart rhetoric arguments. Any smart tactics? Well, no. What what you said was this, and within the context, of what you said it meant this. And now Benjamin is going to stand by. And again, he's been so fucking tunneled in on this idea he's being interviewed by a leftist, you know, because he's on the BBC or whatever. Which, by the way, in any other environment. Uh, you know, if you went on CNN, sure, maybe the combative stance would work and, and appeal to, like, your base or whatever the fuck you want to call him. This is jaded fucking fat Andrew Neil, motherfucker. This guy's seen it all, done it all, doesn't give a fuck. He's been called worse than shit in Britain, smeared, lambasted. Like, what are you going to do when your fucking YouTube videos you deny exist? <laughs> Would you say this is a yikes? Thanks for the twenty dollars, Davey. I'll give it right back to you when we do some casting together for the next one to one uh, game on cup we're gonna do. Um, what I said is, is a yikes. It's beyond yikes. What comes after yikes? There's yikes, big yikes. There's something else. There has to be a thing you fucking go to. You know what I mean? You got a yikes, big yikes, <laughs> super yikes. Zoinks? Jinkies? I don't know. I haven't watched Scooby Doo in so many fucking years. All I know is, like, this is a fucking intellectual fucking battle. Is like, it's horrific. It's horrific. And, and it's like, it's not that I think Ben Shapiro's stupid. It's just like, I don't understand why, for some reason in this interview, he wasn't able to extricate himself from all of the bullshit. But, like, he must have known. He, he, he must have known. Like, it's the BBC. They're many things. They're nonce enablers. Thank you, real hands, Mormon. Good to see you back. And a mega yikes. I don't know, though. I don't think a mega yikes will ever be popular. I didn't think yikes would ever be popular, though. So does that. But, I mean, it is it is mental. It's like it's not Ben Shapiro in the video. It's... It, 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 Anyway, we're not even at the end yet. We haven't even got to the part where he storms off. By now, like, I'd, I'd have pulled the wire out. <laughs> like, you're getting fucking body bagged. This is unbelievable. Jews who voted for Barack Obama, a progenitor of the Iran deal, a person who was cracking down on religious liberty, a person who spent much of his career as president of the United States attempting to deprive Israel of the necessities to defend itself, that, that people, Jews who voted for President Obama, by and large, cared about Judaism far less than they did about other priorities. Did you say they should Correct. turn their badge in as a Jew? Oh, and that's a terrible phrase. Oh, my God. It's a terrible phrase, and it's a terrible phrase for an Orthodox Jew to use. I shouldn't need to underline this, but the fact that in 2012, as an Orthodox Jew, you used the phrase, turn in your badge, when Jews were assigned a badge under Nazi Germany, and it's like, I don't believe that fucking iconography that uh, visualization is fucking wasted on you. Like, what a fucking unbelievable thing to say. Um, <laughs> it's gross. Uh, yes, I believe that if you are a, I believe that if you are somebody who takes Judaism seriously, that comes along with ideological, ideological commitment. I mean, I guess it's also, I'm just, I, mean, I, I mean, I, I hope you're having fun, by the way, going through every old tweet that I've ever sent to try and do none of these are tweets. You gotcha questions, but if you'd like to have a discussion about my general philosophy or things I've done and say, I don't know, that's 2012. So it's now 2019. If you'd like to discuss something I've done. 
That's a fair comment. And say, like, the past five years, why don't we do that? How about well, that? Because your book is uh, a criticism of uh, how angry America is and how America has to do better. And I'm simply I have an entire list out... on my website, sir. Sir, and on I'm... my list, I have an entire website of I'm dumb, bad things that I've said. I'm simply trying to point out some of the things you, you've said that seem to me to help to stoke that anger. For example, you said sure. Israelis like to build. Arabs like to bomb crap and live in open sewage. Now, about this comment, <laughs> um, about how Arabs like to bomb crap and live in open sewage. Oh, he really, he really did say that. Uh, I remember him at the time uh, when it was said, and that's very... Um, uh yeah i mean so we've, we've gone yikes what was it again yikes big yikes. davy i might need you here. yikes big yikes i might even give you omega yikes giga yikes i i, I don't is science jinkies and then i don't even know what's off over here like it, it is um i remember when this comment was made and um i remember it being discussed and debated and uh i mean what a like Listen, I get it, man. Like, I understand historically Islam, Judaism, Jews as an ethnic group, Arabs. It's a complicated history. I know all about the Middle East. I've read about it extensively. Multiple books right in the background over there about it. It's complicated. Certainly, no fucking um, well-meaning Westerners going to fucking stroll in and, 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 and fix it. But let's also just be real here. Uh, if you ever come out and character, like, right, first of all, Arab history, and remember, it's Arab, not Arabic. Arabic is a language. Arab history has made this unbelievable contribution to uh, the way we all live. And there's no glossing over that. Um, so the idea that you would characterize Arabs as people are like to blow things up and live in open sewage, when at various times in history they've had some of the most uh, profoundly fantastical kingdoms and advanced civilizations on planet Earth. That's ridiculous. Then, okay, that was then, and, and I, I'm sure there's some, because uh, I do have some Islamophobes and... and um, racists that occasionally follow me and they're gonna go oh, richard you've been you've had your soy overdose that's not whiskey you're drinking it's soy why don't we just that was then that was then it's like okay i, I this is gonna shock you all i have arab friends and uh i'm gonna say out of all of my arab friends let me just count it up uh, None of them want to blow anything up, and none of them live in open sewage, okay? So, I, I know it's probably a shock to you racist types. Um, it's probably crazy, right, to you. Uh, uh, but 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 it's almost like your uh, ethnicity isn't some sort of predetermined uh, rail that we're on. I say this is someone who criticizes Islam as a belief system. And again, i got Muslim friends, and I, I, I uh, they're certainly moderate muslims i still could almost in a way wish that they would you know not be but fuck it i mean we're all entitled to our religious beliefs and i see some problems with it and i've criticized it and i you know if it's ever appropriate to do so i'll do it again but i know they're not bombers i can't imagine a mainstream political commentator saying that and yet here we are and he did say that 
and he and and he's that was a tweet that was something he just put out in the public domain i can't imagine how you can right how you can be like oh whatever you do um you sh it, it's anti-semitic to characterize jews uh, as having certain archetypes in their personality that's anti-semitic right now let me tell you about the arabs ben ben my logical beautiful ben what are you doing to yourself this is mad like this is like watching marlon brando he's got into the fridge again and he's eating himself to death this is insane what you're saying this is insane. And as I said, this wasn't 2012. Uh, Gasparov, you say in the chat, you have to consider in 2012, it wasn't as harsh. He said this like a year ago. This, uh, the, the, um, let me give you the exact date on it, actually, just for the uh, interests of uh, factual. Um, Okay, he hasn't even deleted the tweet. Oh, my bad, my bad. Actually, that was that was from back then. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, he addressed it again in 2019, late start of this year. So that's why I'm confused. He actually did say that about eight years ago. So my bad. My bad. Still. Still. I don't know if you ever get a walk back that, but he should be allowed to, I suppose, in the interests of developing. No, 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 no. It's a deplorable statement. It's a deplorable statement. But we should always be given a chance to come to the light. You can say shit. We should always be given a chance to come to the light. Now, here's what's interesting. I wonder, because he didn't say this in the interview, actually, that it was a recent thing. My bad. So, he, he, yeah, somebody brought it up in 2019. He did another statement that basically, like, doubled down. Um, I'll, I'll give you the exact statement where he doubled down, actually. Uh, was this it? No, fuck. Where was it? I just had it. Right, here it is. Here it is. So, yes, here it is. On the Daily Wire, he, Ben Shapiro, uh, in, in 2018, decided to do an article where he based, at uh, the end of 2018, he decided to do an article where he basically talked about all the controversial stuff he'd ever done, right? And in it, he addresses stuff the left is taking out of context. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, so he, he addresses what he calls the Arabs tweet. And he goes, they tweeted it back amidst a wave of Hamas and Palestinian Authority terrorism, as if that would ever make it okay. Um, 
And he said, I was talking about the Israeli and Arab leadership as well as terror supporting people in the Arab world. How do you know that? Because I said so in the very next tweet. Where the next tweet says, uh, and it uh, is the very next tweet, um, although it's got to be said two hours later. He tweeted, there are many, many Christian and Muslim Arabs who are wonderful people, just not the ones who oppose Israel. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, come on, dude. So, so I mean, look, maybe I'm being unfair. <laughs> maybe I'm being unfair to characterize that as a doubling down. Um, and that's 2018, the end of. So, just saying. Thanks for the $8, Zuko501. We're getting to the good part now. We have transcended past the realms of Omega Yikes and landed of the world of what's he gone and done that for? Yeah, what's he gonna done that for? I don't know. I think I think I think there's something even way beyond that. Anyway, let's get to the bit where he has a tantrum. That's the bit we all want. Their website. I'm, dumb, I'm simply trying to I've point said. out some of the things you you've said that seem to me to help to stoke that anger. For example, you said sure. Israelis like to build, Arabs like to bomb crap and live in open sewage. Well, as I say in an article entitled, here's a list of all the giant bad dumb things I've ever said. Was that, that was that includes, dumb? What? Well, yes, that's a dumb tweet, and not only, but it is also important to mention that the next few tweets clarify that that tweet is specifically referring to the Hamas leadership, which, no. by the way, a BBC I've, I've seen is relatively reticent to condemn. No, actually, it wasn't what you went on to do and say. Uh, you are correct about the slur and Arabs. It's not all Arabs that want to live in open sewage and blow things up. It's just Palestinians. You went on to say. No, it's a, no, it's a, and, no. And then it's you the said, ones who take sides and against then you Israel said the in the Israel-Palestinian population is rotten to the core. Oh, make it stop! Oh, make it stop! I can't watch a man get fucking absolutely wrecked. I can't watch a man get wrecked like this. I can't. I can't, you know, it's like, oh God, it's so bad. Like, it, like, it is so bad. Like, when, when I first saw this, like, I woke up on the day, and obviously it was a BBC interview, so, you know, I woke up in the afternoon, you know, my, my usual rising time, I have a cup of coffee, I sit down, I trawl through the shit. I saw Ben Shapiro trending, and I saw BBC trending, and I clicked on the hashtags, and I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm, like, you know, this is gonna be, like, a bunch of fucking, like, limp wrist, yeah, you know, can't open a bottle of Soylent, trying to punch the air, talking about how Ben Shapiro got wrecked. I have never seen a supposed uh, member of the intelligentsia, or whatever the fuck you might want to call it, get bodied like this by just a simple Dower Scotsman, <laughs> like, it is fucking so... It is so bad, like, it is so bad. And that, what I love there is, the research I just did to tell you about it, they had it prepped. Prep's important when you do these things. And he immediately comes back and goes, no, but you said about the Palestinians. And I'm at, right. So it was, just, it was just Palestinians who were the bad guys. Unreal. And again, remember, Andrew Neal doesn't know Ben Shapiro is. Like, he's just, like, you said this, though, so it's mental. Or you went on to say, not Hamas, I say by, the yeah, Palestinian I say by poll, uh, Arab population. I say that by poll numbers, they elected Hamas.
They elected Hamas. They educate their children in school that Israel should be obliterated, sir. I guess... If you want to read... You know, honestly, uh, th this is a giant waste of time in the sense that the entire interview is designed for you to shout slogans or old things that I've... Hasn't shouted at you. Has actually been unbelievably gracious, Ben. Like, you could have had Paxman. You could have had Jeremy Vine. You got Andrew Neal. Said at me. I don't see how this forwards the debate. You talk about you talk about undermining the public discourse. It seems to me that simply going through and finding lone things that sound bad out of context and then hitting them with they sound bad and in hitting context, people with my them brother. is a way for you to make a quick buck on BBC off the fact that I'm popular <laughs> and no one has ever heard of you. Hey, make a quick buck on BBC. That state-controlled, taxpayer-ruled. Again, you don't even know how our TV works. You don't even know how our TV works, Ben. You think Andrew Neal's making bank? He's just happy to be at the fucking BBC, you mad cunt. There's no clicks or hits or views. That's how you make your money, Ben. People at the BBC, they just get paid whatever the fucking corporation dictates. And then the corporation hopes and prays the next government doesn't take away its fucking license fee rights. That's literally how it is. It's why, theoretically, it's one of the most unbiased medias in the world. It's not in practice. But certainly compared to American fucking corporations, it's our treasure trove. And you think this guy? Show me where Andrew Neal's YouTube channel is. Andrew Neal destroys Orthodox Jew with facts and logic. Show me that channel. And then we'll talk. There are not many bucks to be made on the BBC, unlike American broadcasting, Mr. Sh <laughs> Imagine saying that on the BBC! Imagine sitting there! getting paid by the fucking bbc and say there's no money to be made here mate and he can get away with it off the fact that i'm popular and no one has ever heard of you uh there are not many bucks to be made on the bbc unlike american broadcasting mr shapiro uh, i get the point You're i'm trying paid, to make seems. is that your words are hardly designed to produce the consensus and understanding <laughs> that the book seems to want to produce uh, that's my point, that you write about, you know, Judeo-Christian culture and so on, but so much of what you've said in the past would seem to turn its back on Judeo-Christian culture. You're lecturing me on Judeo-Christian culture after you call the pro-life position no. barbaric? I, I just really? asked you a question. And I asked you a question, you failed to answer a single one of mine. Frankly, I find this whole thing a waste of time. If you want to read the book and critique the book, why don't you read and critique the book? If you want to read, if you want to critique me, you can think whatever you want of me. Why don't you frankly, just try and I don't answer care. the I don't, questions? I don't frankly give a damn what you you're, think of me since I've new, never heard of you. You and I've never heard of you until I briefed myself for this. But that's <laughs> oh my god, oh god, this entire tetchy exchange is outrageous. By the way, because imagine this: I'm gonna tell you some shit, right? Imagine being Ben Shapiro and thinking, I'll play a card here and tell a BBC political fucking journalist that I've never heard of you. But imagine a political BBC journalist saying to Ben Shapiro, well, I've never heard of you until I prepare. At least five times in the span of less than 14 minutes. Oh, it's mental. Please stop. The poor fool oh. has a family. Oh, it's so You've bad. You've the only one shouting, Ben. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. And like, here's the thing. Ben Shapiro was probably lying.
probably they must have heard of Andrew Neil to some degree. They must know about the politics show. Why would you even be doing an interview with him if you've never heard of him? But he threw it in as a barb to basically say your opinion doesn't count. When Andrew Neil says, I've never heard of you until I prepped, he's 100% genuine. It's just got so much weight and so much, like, ire behind it. It's brilliant. I, I got a oh, Christian culture I'll after you call the pro-life position barbaric. Also, just really? by the way, definitely wasn't lecturing anybody. He just asked a question. And he keeps coming back to this, like, abortion thing from fucking 10 minutes ago. Question. And I asked you a question. You failed to answer a single one of mine. Frankly, I find this whole thing a waste of time. If you want to read the book and critique the book, why don't you read and critique the book? If you want to read, if you want to critique me, you can think whatever you want of me. Why don't you frankly, just try and I don't answer care. the I don't, questions? I don't frankly give a damn what you you're, think of me since I've you, never heard of you. You and I've never heard of you until I briefed myself for this. But that's not the issue. You have a then new why the book hell are you interviewing out, and it's, me, an, it's an interesting book. But my point is, your book claims that society... Well, it'd be society, nice if you would quote it from time to time. Your book is... Quite well, actually, book. I've done so several times, and I'm about to do so again, if you would let me just finish the question. Your book now, frankly, claims I don't think that this, society you know what? Honestly, is turning honestly, its back sir? on Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, this, what, uh, are those values what, uh, what... what are the values it's turning its back on? Uh, I... I... You know, I, I'm not inclined to continue an interview with a person as badly motivated as you as an interviewer. So I think we're done here. I appreciate your time. All sir. right. Thank you well, so much. thank you for your time and uh, for showing that anger is not part of American political discourse. Now, oh, you fucking does him at the end. That. Oh, you are a fucking god, Andrew Neil. Like straight up, man. Straight up. Like, how the fuck do you get bodied that bad? And uh, like. Oh, well, thanks for showing me that anger's not a part of American political discourse. Holy shit! Holy shit, it's so good. Like, it is, it is unbelievable that you can do this, man. Plaza, go over some of the YouTube comments. <laughs> Maybe we will, Plaza, go over some of the YouTube comments. I hadn't thought of that, but I guess people, we, we all like fucking torture porn, evidently, which is why we're watching this video in the first place. Holy fucking shit. Again, just beautiful. You're taking your mic off. I've just wrecked you with the last yeah, line. I appreciate your time. All sir. right. Thank well, so uh, thank you for your time and uh, for showing that anger is not part of American political discourse. Now, Mr. Shapiro, we'll say goodbye. <laughs> oh, my God. What a fucking absolute legend. Oh, dude. Like, straight up, man. Like, listen. I'll just say this on a record, because what I don't want to do is indoctrinate a bunch of people who've never heard of Andrew Neil. I think Andrew Neil isn't a fucking, you know, a wacky guy in his own right. But he's been doing this for decades. I'm telling you, he takes no shit. He's always, from everything I've seen from him on the politics show, it doesn't matter who he has on, he, he checks his personal baggage at the door. I think he learned that from back in the days where he got criticized for being a Murdoch chill. And like, sure, man. If you ask me, I think he probably does believe global warming's a hoax. If you ask me, he probably is anti-abortion. If you ask me, he probably does think the left's out of control. You, you would never know it from listening to him. And that, to me, That's is right. the mark of somebody who at least takes journalism fucking seriously. So I'm telling you, Andrew Neil, he might even be a hack. Like, Andrew Neil might even be a middle-of-the-roads BBC hack. The fact that he handled Ben Shapiro... <laughs> <laughs> like that like just did him like that right. it just tells you all you need to know man like straight up buddy uh, uh, ben just flat out embarrassed himself